0: Yeah.
1: thank you very much well good morning everyone if you want to put yourself on mute that will be double thumbs up thank you very much uh house groups meeting tomorrow on zoom at 8:15, and of course uh this coming uh, few days we're going to start the month of december now of course we know three of us here anyway love the month of december because it's our birthday yay there we go yeah but of course. It's the birth of Jesus that we celebrate as well. And so a lot of the things we'll be doing over the next few Sunday mornings will be focusing on Jesus' birth and celebrating what's happening. So our carol service is going to be on the 13th of December. And in the evening, on the same day, there's going to be an ecumenical carol service, which is going to be online. So I'll be able to tell you more about that uh, the next, next so, Sunday yeah. and in the, uh the email as
2: oh, well. speak or
1: get it. Thank you very much. Right, brilliant. So um, you may not have seen, but Zeynep's here this morning as well. So she's going to be sharing what's going on in her life and what's uh, been going on in the last sort of eight months or so, and where she is and uh, work and everything like that. So then we'll be able to pray for her afterwards as well. That'd be brilliant. And right at the end, we'll have some breakout rooms Uh, So we can just have a bit of a discussion with each other and a bit of a chat and just see where we all are. So that'll be great. So that's what's to come. But we're going to pray now and then worship the Lord together. So, Lord, we do thank you for this morning. We thank you that we can meet together because we know you and you're here with us wherever we are, Lord. And we're so grateful that we're not just worshipping a stone idol or a wooden cross, but we're worshipping the living God. Lord, we thank you that you call us to worship you and we want to worship you with lots of energy and gusto and, and life about it this morning. So, Lord, we give you this morning and say use us and help us. Help us to learn some more about you today. Amen. Amen. Okay. So today is Advent Sunday. And I know we've got some Latin scholars here because I did Latin at school, probably some of you did as well. And so the word Advent is from the Latin Adventus, which is coming or revival. So in the month of December, where we're thinking about Advent, we're thinking about Jesus' first coming, his second coming, and he's coming into our lives. So to fit in with that, we're going to sing "God's Saints of Old." He's the promise of the ages. He's come because we celebrate Advent because he's come.
3: Still got a couple not on mute.
1: So know. who's that? So Jason, would you like to put yourself on mute? Would that be okay?
0: God sends of old through his story told of the one who was to come. A son, a king, a lamb to be slain for the sins of all the world. He's a promise of the ages lifted up to save. Oh Glory by now, he lives forevermore. He's the promise of the ages, lifted up to save us, Jesus Christ. Our Savior.
3: 50 says hallelujah praise god in his holy house of worship praise him under the open skies praise him for his acts of power praise him for his magnificent greatness praise with a blast on the trumpet praise by strumming soft strings praise him with castanets and dance Praise him with banjo and flute. Praise him with cymbals and a big bass drum. Praise him with fiddles and mandolin. Let every living, breathing creature praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, God, we praise you for who you are and what you've done in the past and what you will do today. And what you will do tomorrow and every other tomorrow after that. No one and nothing comes even close to you, our almighty heavenly father, who has saved us from your wrath because of our sin. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to meet together and praise you again this morning. However we feel today, your love for us is no less Your grace towards us continues to be overwhelming. Your mercy continues to flow over us. You are good and your love endures forever. I thank you for your faithfulness this week. Thank you for your blessings. And I know that all of us have experienced blessings We choose to stop and think about them and say thank you now. For those who are struggling to see and remember blessings, I pray you will open our eyes and help us to remember. Lord, you knew what was coming last week and you know what's coming this week. As we tumble around in the ups and downs of life, I pray that you will help us to stand firm in you. You are our rock and our salvation. There is nothing too difficult for you. I pray for us all as we adjust to the rules given by the government, who are trying to keep us safe and to keep the economy moving and to prevent the NHS going into meltdown. Again, Lord, we pray for wisdom for those who make decisions over us. And we pray that people will obey and follow what's needed to prevent further spread of COVID-19. We pray for the processes involved in getting safe and effective vaccines produced and distributed, especially for those countries unable to afford high prices. Lord, let the right things be done rather than the most profitable. Lord, we know you are powerful and mighty, that what you say goes And so, Lord, we pray for your will to be done across our town and our country and across the whole world. Thank you that you are not hiding away, waiting for normality to return, like I'm tempted to do sometimes. You are active and working and moving, and we pray for your kingdom to come. And while we wait, we pray that you will show us the good works that you have prepared for us to do today. For those in conflict, we ask for peace. For those who are sorrowful, please give joy. For those who are fearful, show them your presence. For those who are ill, please bring healing. Continue to teach us to trust you, Lord. Let our hearts be soft, not hard. Help us to love others as you have loved us. us. Fill us again and again so that we can overflow the light and the love of Jesus to all those we know and meet. Your name be glorified in everything we do. Let everything be for you. Amen. Amen.
1: We're going to sing a song based on Psalm twenty three now, uh, The Lord's My Shepherd.
4: The Lord's my shepherd. See
5: This morning's reading is from Acts 12, to 19. Now about that time, Herod, the king, stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night peter was sleeping bound with two chains between two soldiers and the guards before the door were keeping the prison now behold an angel of the lord stood by him and a light shone in the prison and he struck peter on the side and raised him up saying arise quickly and his chains fell off then the angel said to him gird yourself And tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him, Did not know that what was done by the angel was real, But thought he was seeing a vision. When they were past the first and the second guard posts, They came to the iron gate that leads to the city, Which opened to them of its own accord. They went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognised Peter's voice, because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. But they said to her, you're beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. So they said, it is his angel. Now Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. But motioning to them with his hand to keep silent, he declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, go, tell these things to James and to the brethren. And then he departed and went to another place. Then as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers about what had become of Peter. But when Herod had searched for him and not found him, he examined the guards and commanded that they should be put to death. And he went down from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. May God bless his word this morning. Amen. Amen. Thank
1: you so much, Phyllis. What a great story that is, isn't it? And what interesting truths about prayer it contains. Peter was in prison and was going to stand trial the very next day for following Jesus. He had an idea what was going to happen to him because James, the brother of John, had been executed for following Jesus just a day or two earlier. Either explicitly or implicitly, the word Kept is used several times in these verses. Peter was kept in prison, verse 5. Peter kept on knocking, verse 16. Rhoda kept on insisting, verse 15. And Peter kept on sharing, in verse 17. For each of these kept, plus a verb, actions by an individual, there's also a corresponding action by the early church as well. When Peter was kept in prison, verse five, remember, the church was praying. Remember, Peter was one of their high profile leaders and was undoubtedly going to be tried and executed for following Jesus and for evangelizing with gusto. Verse 12 says that a considerable number of people had gathered to pray. And verse five, they were earnestly praying. This took energy. Earnestly is a brilliant adverb in Greek when I looked it up. Ectonos, and it means fully stretched, to its necessary full potential, without slack, without due let up, to be completely taught. When we have our sheets washed, and we do them uh, quite often because we're very clean people, me and Jill, but when we wash them and iron them or that if people iron them, but what we do often is the two of us together that fold the sheets up. Jill's, not, Jill's sitting down in a chair, so I'm not going to get it to demonstrate. But, you know, I'm one side, Jill's the other side. And we're pulling the sheet nice and tight and folding it and then pulling it again and then folding it again. So we're pulling it tight because it's a reason we want the sheets to be nice and easy when we get them out, not to be all crinkly and horrible because they're not so good to sleep on, are they? So when we pull it tight, we're using our energy And it's for a purpose. Sometimes I watch people uh, exercising and they're doing all this, that and the other, aren't they? Uh, Like Darth Vader. I saw some photos of him this morning when he was a big sort of different uh, body shape to mine, obviously. But he he must have done all this, exercising a lot, being fully taught with his muscles and, and doing things, you know, taking energy. That's the Greek word that is used here and it's only used in one other place in the new testament in 1 peter 1 22 they were praying with energy they were praying intensely strenuously fervently they intended to pray like that they were fully stretched out in prayer because the times were difficult there was persecution going on They were living, we would say, in unprecedented times. We've heard it a lot that we're living in the new normal, aren't we? We're living in unprecedented times as well. Are you fully stretched out in prayer? Or are you just praying haphazardly and when it suits you? Rather than praying more often and longer because of the circumstances we're finding ourselves in. When I pray, I think it's generally considered and polished rather than urgent. When I hear other people pray, outwardly it's very calm with little sense of desperation. Should we be praying with more fervency now than we're used to doing? Are the times that we live in so urgent? That we should be showing urgency and intensity in our praying, I wonder. By verse 17, Peter is released and he moves on somewhere else as he knows he should keep on sharing. And in verse 16, Peter wants to explain what has happened and so as to quieten them down. Can you imagine the scene? Can you imagine the jubilation and the happiness All the clapping, the dancing, the shouting. Oh, Peter's here. Brilliant. Thank you, God. You've answered our prayers. The church is astonished. But their leader had been delivered. And he went on to another place, somewhere else, it says. And his actions, Peter's actions, remind me of actions that the apostles had taken a little earlier in the book of Acts, chapter 5, verses 40 to 42. And then the apostles had got told off and taken before the Sanhedrin because they were following Jesus and telling other people to follow Jesus as well. They were doing it with gusto. They were ordered by the Sanhedrin not to speak about Jesus anymore. And then the apostles were flogged. Remember, to be flogged is to be beaten with a whip or a stick. The apostles were flogged because they couldn't help but talk about Jesus. And what did they do? They carried on talking about Jesus because they couldn't help it. A flogging, a telling off. It didn't matter. Times were unprecedented. So they were keen to do what God was saying. Jesus was everything to him. He wanted to tell people about Jesus' death, resurrection and ascension. Let's just look a bit briefly, again, a little bit more at the church's reaction to Peter being released. In verse 16, it says they were astonished. And here's another Greek word, existami. And it literally means to remove from a standing fixed position, to put out of place To be beside oneself. There's a word here that I don't often use, but it's to think of yourself as flabbergasted. And another word I don't use, stupefied, I read. It's a total loss to explain or account for something. They're overwhelmed. They're astonished and amazed. The main English translations uh, say this for that Greek word. Astonished, amazed, astounded. The Living Bible says their surprise knew no bounds. And the message says they went wild and the voice, they were stunned. And as I say, they're going to be dancing, screaming with joy that their friend and their leader had been released. They expected him to be executed because that's what happened to James. And yet God had done something different to that. But here's the question I want you to think about. What was happening between the church earnestly praying for Peter and joyfully praising for what had happened? Remember, we know we've heard this many times before. The Bible is full of honest honest stories about how people responded to God and to their circumstances. Whilst Rhoda kept on insisting, verse 15, that Peter was outside and Peter himself kept on knocking. The church kept dismissing what God had done. We know it was a miracle. It was something totally unexpected. There were four soldiers guarding Peter. Two were chained to him and two stood at the door of the cell. And yet God created a miracle. Something unexpected happened because Peter was easily released by an angel. I imagine some of the church saying this to Rhoda. It can't be Peter because he's in prison and we're praying for him to be released. He must be in prison. Or they might have said, as we know, you're out of your mind to think he's standing outside knocking at our door. Out of your mind. The Greek word, meno It's very similar to maniac. It's a very strong word that the people at the door were telling Rhoda to just ignore the door. Perhaps it can't be Peter. They'd been praying for him to be released. And now they were just saying, it can't be him. We want him to be released, but it can't be him, surely. I wonder. I know that often the way I pray is treating God like he is me. I know I'm fairly capable at a few things, but God is way, way, way beyond what I can think or do or imagine. Do I insult God by the way I pray sometimes? Jeremiah 32 verse 17 was one of my favorite verses especially in the King James in the uh, when I became a Christian because it was a popular song in the late 70s and in most of the 80s Jeremiah 32 17 I bet most of you will know this song our Lord God thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm and there is nothing too hard for thee Magicians have to use tricks and sleight of hand to make us believe that what we see is true. God does not use tricks. Nothing is too difficult for God to do. If the church, the early church, was dismissing between their praying and their praising, what do we do between the time that we're praying, oh Lord, let this happen, And the time that we're praising God, saying, Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for doing this. It was so amazing. Remember, the Bible is so honest with how people react to God. The early church was dismissive of God's power and his potential. What about me? What about you? One of my favourite heroes of the 20th century was William Temple. Remember, he was Archbishop of Canterbury for much of the Second World War. You know what he said. When I pray, coincidences happen. When I don't, they don't. I know that God is calling me to pray bigger prayers. I need to have higher expectations from God. I need to be thinking a whole lot less about me and a whole heap more about him. What can I do that will please God today by what I do and think? How can I honour him in my actions and my words and thoughts tomorrow when I'm teaching people to play the piano? How are you going to honour God tomorrow when you're going about things as you normally would on a Monday or a Tuesday? How are we going to act between the time of prayer and the time of praise? Psalm 42 from the Good News says, As a deer longs for a stream of cool water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for you, the living God. When can I go and worship in your presence? I know that some of you have great difficulties at the moment and some of us face difficulties a lot most of the time and some of us have small difficulties and that's not to belittle those at all but just as the early church prayed for Peter in his difficulties and saw God answer their prayers so the call is for all of us to pray with fervency and urgency for each other now is the time to pray big prayers for each other and to ask God in his mercy to act now is the time to stand with each other in our difficulties now is the time to trust God for everything just as he sang earlier and I will trust in you alone it's so easy to want to trust in our own capabilities and God says trust in me So I want to encourage you in this first mini talk, encourage you to say, yes, Lord, I want to praise you when you've answered prayer. But I want to trust you and not dismiss what you're doing in my life while I'm waiting for that prayer to be answered. I don't want to belittle what God is capable of doing. I want to think bigger because I serve a great God. We're going to sing a song together now, and it's talking about how we're wanting to bless God, whatever our situations. And so we're going to sing, Blessed Be Your Name. And then after this, Zaynep's just going to tell us what she's been up to, and then we'll be praying for her after that. Let's uh, sing together, Blessed Be Your Name, first of all.
0: Said be your name in the land that is plentiful, where streams of abundance flow, blessings.
1: have been happening
2: haven't (laughs) they? So um, I live in Greys now in Essex is the first thing. I moved last month um, to be closer to family so I finished my GP training. I think a few people knew I was having exams and and things and that all changed because of Covid so dates got moved and everything happened last minute so the portfolio continued And they changed lots of things last minute about the portfolio. And then our exam was done literally weeks before we finished. And so there was a lot going on. But thank God for his strength. I wouldn't say I felt stressed. but I think after everything, I did feel very tired. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so, I mean, it's nice to be closer to family. Um, It's the main thing. And I live in a place I like. I'm very distracted, actually, because I've got like, I've got woods behind me. So sometimes sitting here, you see all the squirrels and birds and it's very like, anyway. Um, but yeah, no, I just want to thank God for his faithfulness. He really has been very kind and good. And as we all know, much more than we deserve. He always does for us. And um, yeah, I'm just in awe of how good he's been and how he's provided. Um, I mean, at the moment, I'm doing some locum work because I also, before I moved to Nuneaton, I did a year in global health a master's in global health so I'm trying to explore options on doing that at the same time as being a GP so I can't take any permanent work yet just in case I find something along along those lines Um, but yeah I work in Kent which is a bit far (laughs) Uh, most of the time Um, but yeah that's good as well it's a very good practice and you know they're very kind and and I love it there so um, I've been learning a lot about myself and um, lots of things to humble me and uh, yeah, teach me, really. Um, yeah, I mean, what can I say? Just thank God. And thank you all. I, I really miss you all and I love you all. And I'm sorry I've been so bad at <laughs> being in touch. But this is great. It's great to be with you today.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much. So how about a few of us pray for Zainab? Because she's precious to God and we love her too, don't we? So how about a few of us just pray and say, Lord, thank you for the the life that she's lived so far and the glory she's brought to you. But Lord, keep her in your hand and show her where to go in these next few months and years.
2: God, thank you for Zainab. Thank you for her smiling face and her faithfulness to you. Thank you that you have proved faithful to her. And I just pray you'll continue to have your hand upon her, that she will be able to fully trust in what you have for her future and that you have plans to prosper her. And I do pray, God, that we will be able to keep in touch with her. Thank you for her and for all that she has been to us while she has been at NCF. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, that Sainab's been so committed to you, Lord, in all that she's been doing. And thank you that she can give testimony to that now. We do thank you for all the goodness you've shown her lord jesus over these past months even through the difficult times and lord i'm really thankful that now she's settled uh, being near family lord being in a lovely location but lord still looking to you for her future path lord thank you that you will direct her steps when she keeps close to you lord thank you for her and we won't forget her in jesus name Amen. amen Lord will. Oh, sorry. The words that come to me, Zaineb, is He will fill you to overflowing.
4: Amen. Amen. Amen.
3: Lord, we thank you for Zaineb's testimony of how you have been good and kind to her despite turbulent times and, and everything not going as everybody thought it was going to go. God, thank you for her being able to be close to her family. Thank you that she is still able to be um, looking for uh, your will um, in terms of um, a, a global situation. Um, and yet you are providing her locum work and God we can see that you have your hand upon her and Lord thank you that we can take courage from that because we know you have your hand upon each of us as well God you are um, our loving Heavenly Father and we just thank you for this testimony and for this good news and thank you for the real privilege that it is to be able to see and hear from her again this morning God we pray your blessing upon her and we ask that you will show her the next step and the the path that you have for her um, in your time and that everything will just all slot into place God because we know you are good thank you thank you for your your goodness and your kindness
2: amen. amen could i just pray for everyone as well if that's okay oh lovely thank you, thank you. um dear lord thank you so much for my family um, in ncf and lord just thank you for giving me this chance to fellowship with them again and um, i ask for each person that they would be aware of your wonderful presence god because i know that you don't leave any of us. Thank you for your faithfulness, which is new every morning. Lord, I just pray that they see your hands um, in their lives every day. And Lord, you know what's on everyone's heart. I pray that you just fulfill these desires and, and where you won't, that you give wisdom to see um, to see through, things through your eyes. Uh, for those who are afraid, God, I pray that you fill with wisdom and those with worry, God, that you show them that you're carrying them in your arms. In Jesus' name.
1: thank you so much that's really encouraging let's think a bit more about what we've been thinking about over the last few weeks and and prayer because today and over the past eight weeks we've listened to a few great prayers of the bible all sorts of emotions and aspirations have been expressed through people like king david gideon king jehoshaphat aaron The people of Judah in exile in Babylon, Paul, the apostle, Daniel and the early church. And we know it's a normal thing to have a conversation with God. When we set out, I put some questions on a poster. Listening in, I called it, listening in to the great prayers of the Bible. And these are the questions I put. What is prayer? What might God do? What should I do? What can I learn from others who have prayed? What's the point of prayer? Why is prayer still crucial in the 21st century? I'm not sure what you've got out of this series over these past eight weeks, but I think the biggest thing that I've got out of it and learnt is nothing to do with God, really. But it's everything to do with my attitudes to God, And to the people I meet, God is a mystery. And prayer is a mystery as well, isn't it? We heard today how Peter was released from prison because God had acted on the earnest prayers of the early church. A few days earlier, again, we read this, James, another of the inner circle of disciples with Peter and John, had been executed by King Herod. Now, just as a little aside, this isn't the King Herod who was ruling when Jesus was born. He was Herod the Great. And he wasn't the Herod who was involved in the death of both Jesus and John the Baptist. He was Herod Antipas. This present Herod was Herod Agrippa. But they're all in the same family. So don't get confused by the Herods. And there's some others as well. If you want to know, read about it. There's all kinds of stuff about them. But yeah, three different Herods. Doing terrible things, weren't they, in one family? Let's just go back to to, uh, James. Do you think that when James was put to death by the sword, that the early church prayed less earnestly, faithfully and strenuously when when they paid for Peter and he was released? Of course not. We could all point to similar things in our own lives, couldn't we? And in the lives of those that we love. Where the Lord has done something in one happening, in one case, and did something else in another. And maybe just now you're thinking about people and situations that you hold dear, where God either did answer prayer or didn't answer prayer in the way you thought Do you know, as mature disciples of Jesus, the natural thing for us to do when things perplex us is to get closer to Jesus. We might not find it easy or ready answers to the things that knock us for six. But we know Jesus loves us and being with him makes all the difference. Jill read a great psalm of praise earlier, and I'm going to read another psalm of praise just now but it's from a totally different angle. And you might not even think it's a psalm of praise, but it's a psalm we sang earlier. This is from the Amplified Bible. The Lord is my shepherd to feed, guide and shield me. I shall not lack. He makes me lie down in fresh, tender, green pastures. He leads me beside the still and restful waters. He refreshes and restores my life myself. He leads me in the paths of righteousness, uprightness and right standing with him, not for my earning it, but for his name's sake. Yes, though I walk through the deep sunless valley of the shadow of death, I will fear or dread no evil, for you are with me. Your rod to protect and your staff to guide, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my brimming cup runs over. Surely, or only goodness, mercy and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life. And through the length of my days, the house of the Lord and his presence shall be my dwelling place. Once a man was asked, what do you gain by, pray, by regularly praying to God? The man thought f- for a short while and said, nothing. But let me tell you what I have lost. Anger, greed, ego, depression, insecurity and the fear of death. And that's what I've been learning about over these last weeks. It's not what do I gain as I pray, but how do I become more like Jesus? What am I losing that I don't need in my life? What is holding me back from being a brilliant and enthusiastic disciple of Jesus? I've been finding that as I pray, it's that kind of rubbish that I don't need in my life. That goes away. As we regularly come into God's presence and kneel before him, either metaphorically or physically, then our lives change. We can learn to trust God more deeply with the things that perplex us and we've got questions about. Trusting in other things and trying to be in charge of our own lives is frankly ridiculous, isn't it? All of the prayer conversations we've looked at in October and November make us go to God with our praise, but also with our anxieties, our concerns and our worries. God is beyond us, but is also with us. Emmanuel. We can trust him, just like we sang earlier, I'll trust in you alone. In all the situations we are facing at the moment, we can depend on God. God is faithful. So whatever we're facing at the moment, we know we can go to God. He is with us. And we know that we can stand together as brothers and sisters in Christ, doing practical things, but praying and helping and trying to encourage as well. For a few minutes now, we're just going to focus on God in a couple of songs. And we're going to be saying, Lord, yes, praise you for what you've done. Even when we're in darkness and don't understand, Lord, you come through and you help us and you give us a tomorrow. So Zainab shared some uh, news with you earlier so I wanted to share some news uh, with you as well because most of you if not all of you will know that last Tuesday Jill and I were interviewed by two high ups in Elim, wanted to know how we were getting on and what we we're doing and you'll know that my portfolio went to uh, to be assessed as well this week and uh, during the interview they said oh you'll probably get a letter from us uh, from Chris Cartwright, who's the general superintendent. uh From from him next week, just sort of saying whether we think we want you to be ordained or not, and uh we'll take it from there. But last Thursday evening, I got an email from Chris Cartwright saying you're in, and I thought fantastic. Thank you, Lord, that these three years has been tough in some ways, but I really want to thank you all for supporting us. Because it might be that next June I'm ordained, but that matters nothing, really. What matters is we've grown together. And I really want to thank you for the support you've given Jill and I over these last few years. Because it's one thing having an idea or really knowing that God has said something. But it makes such a difference when your family, you, come along and say, yes, we've heard that too. We're praying for you. So, thank you so much. We're going to pray and praise God. There's one way of uh, saying thank you, Lord, and that's to say, praise my soul, the King of Heaven. And that's what we're going to do just to finish off with.
0: Praise my soul.
1: rosy in our lives we come to you lord whatever is happening wherever we are lord we come to you we want to spend time with you lord whatever our situations and feelings that's got nothing to do with it you are our savior you are our lord we submit to you lord help us through the difficult times that we face the questions we have lord hold our hands as we desperately need you. Amen. Amen.